0: We've been betrothed to the Lord. We are the bride of Christ. We should be waiting for the shout of his soon return. It's because of his work on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection that he now offers salvation to all who accept him. Such salvation makes us highly favored, seeing that the Lord is with us. And we are blessed to be called the children of God. You're looking too far from God's Word. As go go. I was being fed last week, as we were going through the message last week by Pastor Kevin, I wrote down in my notes that I'm going to talk about Mary and Joseph on next Sunday. We'll be talking about Jesus and his birth, but here we're going to look at the lives of Mary and Joseph today and I titled this kind of a longer title ready and willing to answer God's call the Mary and Joseph story and I did it the Mary and Joseph story I'd reversed it originally the Joseph and Mary story but I I did it in the Mary and Joseph order because that's how the angels came to them the angel Gabriel came first to Mary and then later to Joseph. So I'm going to do it in that order of appearance and their knowledge of what God was about to do in their lives. And so we're going to look at this from Luke chapter 1, Mary's service for the Lord revealed to us in Luke 1, verses 26 through 38, and then Joseph's service for the Lord found in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And then I'm just going to wrap it up with... A third point of final applications that I pull out of their stories and I actually ended up with the same amount of final application from Mary that we can apply to our lives from Joseph that we can apply to our lives today so we're talking about the first Christmas and we're talking about this Christmas we're going to look back to the first Christmas and how God interjected in the lives of Mary and Joseph at that time, but also how it can play out in our lives today. So let's go ahead and go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Mary's service to the Lord. And first we discover in verses 26 through, I may have said 28 before, it's 26 through 38 total, but we're going to look at, for our first point, Luke 1, 26 through 28, reading from verses 26 and 27. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So six months prior to this, Gabriel came to the priest Zacharias. While he was ministering in the temple, Gabriel came to announce to him that he and his wife elizabeth were going to have a son and these were faithful servants of god but they were older they were actually past the age of bearing children perhaps they had prayed that god would give them a son to continue the line it was very important for a priest Uh, women were not priests so it was important for a priest, to have a son that he could carry on the family line in the priesthood. But they were, at that point, childless. And yet when Gabriel came to Zacharias, he said, your prayer had been answered. And some may teach that, you know, even though they were beyond the age of childbearing, they continued to pray that God would give them a son personally. I feel that there's a point when we pray for something with God that we may kind of give up on it and especially considering the bible telling us that they were stooped over with age it's like all right look this isn't happening anymore we can just kind of say that that prayer was a no from god and we may stop praying i think maybe that's where zacharias and elizabeth had come to in their lives that they had stopped praying for a son realizing that they were too old to give birth to a son or to any child And yet, Gabriel said, your prayer's been heard. And I think Zacharias may have said, what prayer? What are you talking about? Oh, I gave up on that prayer. It's like, God heard it, he answers it, and he's coming with the answer now. So that's important because what happened with Zacharias and Elizabeth would play into what is going to happen with Mary here in this timeline in the Gospel of Luke. She was betrothed to Joseph, and they were both of the lineage and offspring of David. They were of the tribe of Judah. They were both descendants of David. You have to read through the genealogies, but Mary came from David through Nathan, David's son Nathan. And Joseph came from David through Solomon, but Solomon's line through Jeconiah was cut off. And so you have to read through the genealogies, but technically... Uh, David's line through Solomon would later, because of Jeconiah, would be cut off. And yet God had Mary coming through the line of Nathan, who was not cut off. He wasn't of the kingly line in the sense that Nathan didn't sit on the throne after his dad David, Solomon did. But the direct bloodline of Jesus going back through Nathan to David makes jesus the son of david as well and so that's important that's not really what we're looking at today they were betrothed to one another kind of like an engagement for those who have been around calvary chapel lake villa for a while you would remember pastor abraham from india coming to visit us and when pastor abraham would come he would come to the united states and when you got him you got him until he went to the next place. And so we would have Abraham in our house for a week or two, and so Pastor Abraham and I spent time talking with one another. Sadly, he went to be with the Lord a few years ago, but he was always on a hunt for a husband for his daughter. You know, he was even eyeing our son at one point, uh, trying to check him out. And so since they would do arrange marriages, I asked him about how it worked out in India. This doesn't mean it's exactly how it took place in biblical days, but probably not too far from it. And he said they did have an opportunity to say yes or no. They would actually, uh, parents would arrange the marriage, bring the children together, put them together in a room, give them an opportunity. ONE OPPORTUNITY TO TALK WITH EACH OTHER, AND AFTER THAT OPPORTUNITY, WOULD GO BACK TO THEIR PARENTS AND SAY, YEAH, GO AHEAD and, AND GO AHEAD WITH the ARRANGEMENT. MAKE IT HAPPEN. OR SAY, NO, DAD, THIS ISN'T GOING TO WORK OUT. SO IT WAS KIND OF A ONE-TIME SHOT. HEY, HOW ARE YOU? I DON'T LIKE YOU. I DON'T WANT TO MARRY YOU. THEY COULD TELL THEIR PARENTS THAT, AND PARENTS PERHAPS COULD OVERRIDE IT. But. It was usually an arranged marriage by the parents, uh, normally in the class of the society, whatever they grew out of. So if they were wealthy, they would arrange marriages with wealthy people, people of common background, arranging these marriages with one another. Usually a girl at this time, biblically from 12 to 16 years old, she would be married. Kind of blows our minds here, doesn't it? And men were pretty much married between the ages of 18 to 20. So I'm just putting that out there. When we watch movies of the Christmas story, usually Mary is like 30-something years old or 40 years old. Maybe, you know, depends on how old the movie is. Some of the newer ones have Mary and Joseph a bit younger. But in our head, we may have this fixation that, they were kind of like us in the age but no they were probably teenagers and so this is a lot to consider even as their age and the maturity that this is happening to them so during the betrothal period usually around a year they were preparing uh, the bride preparing to go with her husband the husband uh, spent the year as well making preparations and during this time verse 28 And having come in, the angel said to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So Mary was highly favored and blessed among women. And this is true because Mary is the only woman of all time who had this unique opportunity to be the mother of Jesus. No other woman can play into this. This is only mary's privilege however i think it's a mistake if we elevate mary beyond what we find in scripture mary should be revered for her role honored for her role that she had but she should never be worshiped so mary was chosen for her unique role and we should honor and revere her for that we should never worship her But we can also rejoice that God has given us each a role to fulfill in his kingdom's work. Ephesians 1, 5 through 6, Paul tells us, having predestined us to the adoption as sons, and we can add, and daughters, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good pleasure, the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved, that The Lord has a call for us today, so we're looking at the very first Christmas, but this Christmas, to understand that God has a plan for us as well that makes us highly favored in the sight of God, but in a different way than that of Mary or Joseph We've been betrothed to the Lord. We are the bride of Christ. We should be waiting for the shout of his soon return. It's because of his work on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection that he now offers salvation to all who accept him. Such salvation makes us highly favored, seeing that the Lord is with us. And we are blessed to be called the children of God. But Mary, she's troubled by the angel's message. Now remember, get the movies or TV shows of a Mary who's in her late 20s or 30s out of your head and think more like a teenager receiving this message. But I don't care if you're in your 20s or 30s, you have an angel show up, and not just any angel, this is Gabriel. The Bible only names three for us. And this is one of the three angels named in the Bible, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. You know, he's a bad guy, John, but yeah, he was an angel of the Lord and he's named for us. Actually, Lucifer, the name means the shining one. So it's not an evil name. I wouldn't suggest you name your child that, but <laughs> it's not a bad name. It's kind of bad what happened after the fact in the fall. But only three are named. Gabriel's before her. In verse 29, we read, She saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30 and 31. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. So, six months earlier, Zacharias was also troubled at the appearance of Gabriel. Now we don't know if Zacharias ever had an opportunity to go into the holy place. He was not a high priest, which meant he never would go into the holy of holies of the temple, but every serving priest would get an opportunity. It was almost by lottery that you would go into the holy place to administer the work there daily. They would take care of the menorah, the lamps, the lighting weekly. They would change out the showbread that was there on the table in the holy place. And it was Zacharias' turn. It could have been a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but Gabriel was there to meet him, and he was also troubled. He was also afraid. So it's not surprising that Mary... A betrothed teenager should be troubled or afraid at the appearance of Gabriel and the words that he had proclaimed to her that she was highly favored with God. Who, me? I mean, what would you say if an angel came to you and said, highly favored one of the Lord? You talking to the right person here? But also, it was not just the appearance Of the angel but specifically she was troubled at his saying considering what manner of greeting this was it's like how are you gonna do this work and what do you mean I'm gonna bring forth a son and I should call his name Jesus so I've said this a number of times Jesus is the Greek Translation. It's always found in the New Testament regarding the name of Jesus. But the Jewish name would be Joshua. Joshua means Jehovah is salvation. And so the Greek language, Joshua is translated to Jesus, has the same meaning. Jehovah is salvation or Jehovah is the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. So Isaiah 7.14 tells us, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So he goes on to explain to Mary, in verses 32 through 33, concerning Jesus, the child that she would give birth to, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So five things that Gabriel proclaimed about Jesus, Jesus will be, he was talking to Mary before the birth of Jesus, for us, Jesus is, but for Mary, Jesus will be. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. He will be given the throne of David. He will be over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will be everlasting. So let's tie some scripture to these five points. Uh, Jesus will is, depending on your perspective. For Mary, it was a future thing for us. Uh, It's an already done thing. Jesus will be great. In Luke 3, 16, John answered saying to all, Indeed, I baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. John the Baptist would later testify of the greatness of Jesus. And to loosen the sandal strap, that was the duty of the lowest slave in a household. So John the Baptist, as great a man as he was, Jesus testified of John the Baptist saying he was the greatest of all the prophets. And I believe the greatest of all the prophets because of all the prophets, talking about all the prophets of the Old Testament, only John had the privilege to introduce Jesus as the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So John had a unique role But John saw his unique role as being the lowest, lower than the lowest. The lowest slave in the household would deal with the feet of the master, take his sandals off, wash his feet. John said, I can't even loosen his sandal straps. So he he put himself lower than the lowest slave. He will be great. Two, Jesus will be called the son of the highest. In Romans 1.4, Paul said, Declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So the proof of Jesus Christ being the Son of the Highest is seen in his victory over death by the resurrection of the dead. Number three, Jesus will be given the throne of his forefather David, the throne of David. And this comes from the Devatic prophecy that was given to David through the prophet Nathan in Second Samuel seven sixteen, and your house your kingdom shall be established forever before you your throne will be established forever and so God promised David that I'm going to build you a house and it's going to be established forever Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that promise and the forever section of that promise as well Jesus will reign over the house of Jacob forever so the house of Jacob technically referring to Israel but through faith in the name of Jesus Christ we have all become part of the seed of Abraham in Genesis 49:10, Jacob said to his son Judah the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes until peace comes to him shall be the obedience of the people. So Shiloh, another name for the Messiah, coming from Abraham through Isaac and Jacob, through the son Judah, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And number five, of Jesus' kingdom there'll be no end. In Isaiah 9, 7, Of the increase of his government increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward forever and ever but I want to remind us that we too have found favor with God because God sent his only begotten Son Jesus who paid the price of our sin when he died upon the cross so we too have found favor with God we're looking at the first Christmas But we're looking at this christmas right now what's coming up next week and to know that we have found favor with god so let's just wrap up with some final applications first of all mary she was a virgin and and that is just something that we cannot look past if mary was not a virgin we wouldn't be talking about mary today that would have been it's like well we got to look for someone else She was a virgin. She kept herself usable for God in this sense, and she had no idea that her virginity, in her mind, she was keeping her virginity for a future husband. God had a different plan for her, but she kept herself sexually pure, no doubt looking forward to marrying Joseph to bear his children, but God had a different plan for her life. And seeing that we all come to faith at different ages, It means that some of us come to faith in Christ with, well, if we come later in life, we have a lot of baggage that we carry with us. If we come early in life, we have less baggage, but we all come as sinners in need of a Savior. Like Mary, we're all sinners in need of salvation. And like Mary, we should also strive to keep ourselves useful for God's kingdom purposes mary was betrothed to joseph so she was most likely a arranged marriage by her parents a legal contract signed for her she was willing to follow the counsel of her parents and this is the point i want to make out of this good parents will make decisions to help guide their children to adulthood and even sometimes beyond adulthood GOOD CHILDREN WILL WALK IN THE COUNSELING GUIDANCE OF THEIR PARENTS. SOMETIMES THAT'S HARD FOR A CHILD TO CONSIDER, BUT PARENTS SHOULD HAVE THE BEST INTEREST OF THEIR CHILDREN IN MIND, AND CHILDREN, YOU SHOULD KNOW THAT YOUR PARENTS HAVE YOUR BEST INTEREST IN MIND. SOMETIMES THAT MEANS SAYING NO TO A CHILD. MARY WAS HIGHLY FAVORED favored of the Lord, blessed to become the mother of Jesus. And we are highly favored because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might be saved. Mary was troubled and afraid. And though troubled and afraid, Mary was reassured by the testimony of God's word through the angel Gabriel. And at times we might find ourselves troubled and afraid. And like Mary, we need to find that assurance through the counsel of Godly brothers and sisters, but also through the counsel of God's word itself. And Mary had questions. And though she had questions, she was obedient to follow God's plan for her life. And although we may come to God with questions, when the Lord called me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I remember that day saying in front of our church, I now know what the Lord wants me to do. I do not know how he would have me do it. I had questions on the very first day of my call. I had questions, but I took steps to follow that call. And as I took the steps, God revealed and answered those questions. I think that's true for us today. If you feel the call of God on your life, take those steps. And as you take the steps, God will reveal the answer to that call.